They're sitting on a couch. It's usually just two characters or sometimes three characters. They're always talking and sitting. They're just sitting in a chair. The pacing sucks. There's no style to anything. It's so boring. From the concrete shores of Arlington, Texas, this is the Approximate Podcast with your hosts, Jamie French and Orion Quest. We did a we did a show before this one that only we will only we will hear, uh, working out the technical bugs and everything. But this is our first official show, and uh, yeah, we have some really cool things for you today. We're going to be interviewing uh, two two porn stars. We're going to be talking about movies and music. But first things first, we're going to introduce you to the crew. So um, I'm going to pass it back to Orion because he is the man with all the questions. He's the one that is. Uh, He's, he's kind of the star of the show right now. He has actually gone through and done some show prep. See, I bought all the equipment, and he's doing all the legwork, and uh, <laughs> I have to thank him for that intensely. Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, you're the man with the plan? Go ahead. She's got the brain. I've got the brawn. We're going to make <laughs> lots of money. That's a quote from the Pet Shop Boys Opportunities. You're, you're very old. Yes. You Can't say- you tell? Can't you tell? Um <laughs> My name is Orion Quest, and um, we're part of a band called This Island Earth. We've been uh, playing music together for easily over 20 years, but this particular project is new. It's about a year old. and Who's we? Um, this Island Earth being um, you and us, but we being <laughs> you and I. <laughs> really? So, uh, Orion and I are in a band. We're, we're in, a, in a local band in Dallas, and yeah, it's called This Island Earth. And uh, go, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Before this is over, <laughs> someone's gonna get a fucking slap. Hey, anyway. it's our first show. It's our first show. Anyway. Give us a break. Anyway, um as you know, the, the right right there, right there, that's the dynamic that, that me and her have. Um when we're not when we're not her and I. When we're not really, see. I have to play straight man to her being a nugget head, but what can you do? But we try as a band to put out music that's thoughtful and, and get people to, 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 to question how they value the little island earth that they are on. And we try to do this in everything we do, even with this particular podcast. There'll be things that we'll talk about that'll be lighthearted. There are things we'll talk about that'll be serious. But in the end, if we get you to say, hmm, that was interesting. I never thought of it that way. Then then our job is done. Before we begin this, there's some things we want to establish. And um, I decided that we're going to do this interview style. So the first thing I'm going to do is um, bring on the first guest. Hey, can home. I interrupt you for a second? No, you can't, but you already See, did. man, because I thought, I mean, that's, that's very noble, all those things. I thought we were in it for the pussy. Are we not? Did I? That's when I, I was younger. Door? When I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger, it was it was pussy destruction thought, of property. See, you know what any good rocker would do. I was mistaken. I thought we were here for the pussy and cash. You know well, the the riches. You're in no? you're in you're in no? porn. You get pussy by proxy. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know you're the you're the you're the one slapping dicks and pussies around. I'm the one dialing nine hundred numbers. How did this happen? <laughs> you're adding you're adding dicks to the equation. Oh man. <laughs> Look at that. I was trying to keep it simple. 
this is what I got to deal with, and this is what you're gonna have to deal with over the next few podcasts. So as with always, um, uh, pick your battles. <laughs> um, uh, for the show, please identify yourself. Uh, yeah. Uh, thought we took <laughs> thought we took care of that during the first part. My name is is Jamie French. Um, for those that are just now joining us, you know, for all, for those uh, twenty people that like to start their podcast listening experience by by moving the cursor about five minutes ahead. <laughs> My name's Jamie French, and uh, yeah, I am the uh, bass player, singer, songwriter, and everything else for the band This Island Earth. Um, uh, many of you may know me from my long illustrious career in the adult entertainment industry um i also run a production studio dead girl productions uh where we do music and graphic design and videos and just everything av uh you got some questions it looks Mm -hmm. like you have some questions what do you got first and foremost uh where are you from um i am well uh, i was born in california Lompoc, california about uh, a few miles north of santa barbara uh, but have lived in Arlington, Texas for most of my life. How long have you been playing music? Uh, uh, as of July 3rd, it will officially be 22 years. Jamming with you, um, I know that you play a lot of different instruments. Um, do you feel bass is, the, is your master instrument or your main instrument that you go through, or do you consider, do you consider other um, instruments? Uh, bass is the instrument I can make sing the best. That's where I started. That's where my hands are most comfortable. Um, and when I play, that's that's where my best energy is is put forward on the bass guitar. But uh, you know that I'm so familiar and comfortable with that instrument that it's it's second nature to me. It's an extension of my body, so I never think of it even in musical terms. It's it's just a thing that's a part of me where. When my when the forefront of my head is paying attention to music, it's all about the songwriting. Right. The songwriting is where I think and and struggle. Uh, but as soon as the song is written, um, the bass just flows. That's that. Yeah, that is where I'm most comfortable. When did you um, When did you decide to become a musician? Oh, when I was 15 years old. Um, I was in junior high, and uh. I was a little, I was a little metalhead, and I loved the idea of being in a band, but I had absolutely no idea how to approach it. Um, but I, uh, I met a kid who played guitar in junior high, and I went over to his house, guy, a guy by the name of uh, Rick Wood, and he actually had a guitar and could play some riffs, and it was the first time I'd actually seen it. I fell in love immediately with the idea of it, and so I lied to the kid. I told him that I played drums and that I'd like to be part of his band. And the only reason I said that is because my dad was a drummer, and I thought if I can just stall this guy for a couple weeks, I could talk my dad into buying me a drum set and and just start jamming. I thought it'd be that easy, you know, in, in my naivety. Um, but I, I did. I asked my dad for a set of drums so I could try to impress this kid. And he said, no, <laughs> we live in an apartment, and, uh, and you suck, and those things are expensive. And, uh, but on your 15th uh, birthday, you can, you can have a bass. I said, a bass? Who fucking wants to play a bass? Give me a guitar. He says, well, you said your friend plays guitar. I said, no, you, get a, you can't play drum. Buy a bass. 
all right, I'll fucking. And so we went down to the the music store on my 15th birthday, and I picked out a bass, and and immediately, immediately fell in love. The moment I got it back home to my bedroom and I started making any kind of noise whatsoever, I was hooked. And I remember I went to bed that night. This is a very, very clear memory for me. I went to bed that night on my birthday with my brand new bass, and I muttered to myself as I'm falling asleep in bed, holding my bass. I'm sleeping with the motherfucker. And I said to myself, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And it has not stopped from that day. It has not stopped. I understand where you're coming from with that. I'm pretty much the same story with me and my dad. Yeah. Him teaching me how to play. I I watched him play once and and just saw how he was a technician up there playing jazz with these guys, just just letting it loose. I was like, This is this is what I wanna do. This is what I wanna do. I just didn't know how at the time and when I was younger he started teaching me, and for 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 a while I let it go. It wasn't until I heard a couple of bands that 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 resparked my my desire to play again. Um, speaking of um, sparking one's desire, what what musicians influence you? Oh my goodness, that's that's a big okay. I'll try to I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I would say I'm more influenced by songwriters than I am actual musicians. Uh, but if the question is about musicians, then I would have to say um, Ben Folds as a musician, as well as a songwriter. But when I think musician, I think Ben Folds. Um, I think uh, I think uh, this could be a lot of piano players. I think Billy Joel. I think uh, guys like Tom Waits. Um, specifically for the instrument that I play the best, which is bass, I uh, I'd say folks like just you know the the classics, your Paul McCartney's. The dude from XTC, <laughs> a little bit of Getty Lee, you know, the, exactly what you expect a bass player to say. Um, but by and large, it's going to be folks like uh, Ben Folds, guys like that, cool. guys that are masters at the the piano. Well, here comes a question I've been wanting to hear. I've been waiting for this a while. Um, just me being selfish, but you jam with me and, and Ty, as we like to refer to it, is this this island Earth. What do you think of this project versus your past work? Good, better, and different. This band is, uh, after 22 years of playing in countless bands of every kind of flavor you can imagine, uh, th this is the band where uh, I feel like I can truly speak my piece. I mean, it's just, just you and I as a duo, and we've been playing together for the better part of oh, 15 years now. Um, I wasn't playing that long when I first met you. Uh, and we've been in, again, countless bands, cover bands, metal bands, industrial bands, weird-ass goofy bands, cover bands, all kinds of things. But this is the first time in, in all of that playing together where I feel like we really are in a position to be our truest selves, and, and use the voices that we've uh, culminated and sharpened and refined over all of our years playing as individuals. Mm -hmm. We can now bring our, our individual games to the table and be exactly, like I can't think of a band that could provide more freedom of expression and, and a, a stage for absolute honesty than the band we have. I just can't imagine it. Mm. So yeah. Um, that's, I think, what I like most about this band. 
and uh, the way it compares to other projects. Yeah. When I met you, it's 20 years ago. When I, when I met you, I knew you as James French. Mm-hmm. And um, as the years have gone on, you've uh, transitioned into Jamie French. When did you when did you decide to transition? The decision's a, a dicey word. Decision's a kind of a, a loaded phrase. Um, there was no decision. It it's when I it's when I chose to make a move to come public. Okay. It was this is not a matter of choice. It's a matter of navigating family, friends, and where I felt I stand in the the larger construct of just being a part of society. And learning how to be me before I could be brave enough to present myself to the world. Um, So, yeah, it's... uh, I've always, to my family and friends, I've always been a kind of a weird, loose kid... Uh, as far as my gender fluidity. Uh, but I'd say at around the age of uh, between 30 and 32 is when I really start to to make my move to be who I knew I always was. Um, and when I did officially come out, uh, I was afraid it was going to be this big, hairy ordeal but I had been such a, a quote-unquote weirdo for so many years of my life, starting from just before adolescence set in, that when I came out, everybody just looked at me and went, oh, yeah, so, okay, you know, are we, are we, are we still, we're still going to get tacos, right? <laughs> and that's how simple it was for me. I've, I've been very fortunate. My story's not like, uh, like so many other stories that, uh, uh, of people in my position and and I recognize that and I realize that and I'm very fortunate that I've had such a strong support base and people that have been so understanding I I don't come from a a rough background in that way Um, I don't come from uh, any kind of abuse I don't come from any kind of uh, being put down all my life or made to be afraid the only reason I came out as late as I did was completely because of my own um it was self-imposed it was completely self-imposed nobody stood in my way i came out late because of my own limitations so yeah yeah did you um when you made the decision to go into porn was that before you transitioned or after oh that that was before i came out full time again the decision to transition is is kind of still it's it's a loaded phrase right. um but it came out before i it, it happened before i went full time with everyone um so i would say it, it, in a stage that's normally misconstrued as a like a cross dressing phase right i wasn't on hormones um i didn't know where to turn to make things official no surgeries no nothing I was just dressing how I felt was appropriately that reflected how I felt on the inside. And uh, I got into porn quite a few years before I actually came out, as it were, mm-hmm. and before I actually started the hormone therapy and, and the surgeries and whatnot. 
I was just, I, I hate using the word, but mm. it's just the yeah. easiest word for me to wrap my head around. Absolutely. When you when you chose to go into to adult into adult films, why did you make that choice? Um, it it was more of a natural progression of the work that I had been doing for about a year before I actually got into porn. I, um, I'd say from the age of 16 to about 25, yeah, it was 25, I'd worked probably 32 different menial jobs, very, very bad at working, very, very bad at having a boss, following orders, working customer service, um, had no skill with a hammer, you know. I could talk a big game. I could uh, dress the part for any job I ever applied for and would always get hired immediately, but could never, you know, uh, could never meet the expectations, you know. I could get it. I could get always get my foot in the door, but I could never follow through with the job at hand. And it, it just felt shitty, and I needed to find a way where I could be my own boss and make my own rules. And it just so happens that my personality matched with, an option that most people would find unfavorable, but that I had no problem with, and that was getting work done in the sex industry as an escort. Um, I did it on a dare, and uh, the dare worked in my favor. And I spent a year as an escort before I thought to myself, well, what, how can I, how can I move this forward? Because it can't just be fucking strangers for cash, you know? for the rest of my days. So I thought to myself, I've been pretty successful at this, which means there's something about me that people like, and it's a looks-based industry. So let me try my hand at porn. And I did a little research. Uh, I asked a few questions and kind of tripped backwards into porn as a natural extension from the, uh, from the escorting job I was doing for about a year there at around 25. I got into it at 26. In fact, I'm Coming up right now on my ten-year anniversary of my uh, my job in porn. Um, is it is it safe to assume that when you when you said yeah I'm going to do porn, did you tell the family when you when you said I'm going to do it? I told the family about oh two years into porn. It was about 2008, and um, I got sick of being vague with my family about how I was making money and surviving and and buying you know, my own cars and paying rent on time and just saying that I was a photographer, I worked in multimedia, just giving really vague bullshit answers um, and never being able to point to any of the fruits of my labor or any of the, well, not the fruits of my labor, but the, uh, what what I told them I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't show them a portfolio right. of, of photos I told them I was taking or anything like that. And, uh, and it, it weighed heavy on me. Uh, I, I didn't like the way it felt. I didn't like lying or not necessarily lying, but maybe lying through omission by not giving them information. I didn't like that feeling at all. So I was in L.A. Uh, doing porn and helping a girlfriend I was with at the time start her porn career. And I said, oh, fuck it. I couldn't take it. And I, I sat down at a computer and I wrote my mom a letter and I told her everything. I told her everything from how I quit my last job at the pizza place I was working at to getting into escorting and how that parlayed into getting into the adult film industry and was expecting the worst and only got – my mom's a saint. 
my mom's a saint. She wrote back immediately and said, uh, James, because it was still James at the time, and that's how she knew me. Um, uh, she said, I love you, and you're my firstborn, and you're super smart, and I, I trust that you're making the right decisions, so just promise me you'll be safe, and yeah, and I'll see you when you get home. And that was it. That was it. That's how easy it was for me. Like I said, I'm very, very fortunate. And, and to this day, my family knows exactly what I do. She's, uh, when I win awards and stuff, my mom's the first one to tell me how proud she is of me. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I've proven myself in their eyes. Um, this, this wasn't uh, – my work in the sex industry and in porn was never an act of, of desperation in the classic sense. I was never trying to feed a habit or had nowhere to turn. I was never, you know, homeless I just needed to be my own boss, and the level I am in the sex industry, whether it's dealing with clients as an escort or being a producer or a performer, it's, it's, none of it's predicated on desperation. It's all predicated on a person that likes to create and, and move forward and always up their game. It comes from a point of strength, and my family recognizes that. They know me better than anyone. So they, I never get hassled by it, and I'm just, I'm just another one of the fucking weird kids in the family. It's just, it's, it's what I do for a living, according to my family, is just seen more as a colorful story. Ten years, huh? So yep. after ten years, is it safe to say that you enjoy the life? But it's not a life; it's a job, and I do enjoy the job. My life's a whole different thing. You know, everything that the job pays for. I mean, the experiences are wonderful. They're great. I got stories that I could tell that I'd never be able to tell doing any other job, adventures and experiences and, and relations uh, that, have, that have come to pass that are just amazing and weird and wonderful and, uh, and happy and sad. And they run the whole gamut of, of what you want to have in your life, a big, full, colorful life. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Re, re, re the question? Basically, uh, it started out with, do you enjoy the life? But oh, oh, okay, but, yeah, yeah. But do you enjoy the job? I enjoy my life, but I think more to your point, I, I yes, I do enjoy the job. I do enjoy the job, and I enjoy all of its uh, challenges because it is a challenging job. When, when you stick with it, if it's not all about making a quick buck, it is a job like any other. And the only difference between this job and any job I've had before is I haven't quit this one because yeah, I get to be my own boss. Again, it comes from that that place of power. And so it's it's very hard for me to let it go or to turn my back on it because I always feel there's something more to be done. Uh, I said earlier that you're, you're multi-talented as a musician, but your talents far exceed that. Um, you do editing in the industry as well. What is the name of your business? Uh, Dead Girl Productions. Um, and yes, uh, when I'm not playing music, my I say my other best talents, besides I have an innate talent for drawing, but I haven't really kept up with it. It's, it's something that's natural for me, but I'd say my other real profitable skill is that of uh, video editing and video production. Obviously, it's, it's pretty good because I see you've won a couple of awards for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have a couple of awards. Yes. I've won just recently. Um, I have one for uh, best solo site, 
uh, which is tsjamiefrench.com. That's where most of my efforts go. Uh, it's, it's just a place where you can see all the things I do in porn. Um, and the other award that I got was for Best Scene Producer uh, from the uh, Transgender Erotica Awards uh, 2016. So it's, it's a very recent award. Congratulations. And yeah, thank you. And uh, it's, it's just a, a reflection of the work I've put in to actually make things rather than, you know, just be naked on camera. So it's actually the more, the more important of the two awards to me. All right, I've got a trick question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one you probably heard on every job interview, but I still got to ask it. What do you see yourself doing I, in five I, years? I, I, oh, that's okay. I thought it was going to be a different question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what was that one that you were thinking? What do I see myself doing in five years? Yes. Uh, I see myself um, basically expanding the company I have, taking more of a backseat role as a performer, and getting my hands even more dirty with production. Um, paying a little more attention to the financial aspects of the business and starting to to grow financially because like, I can't help but grow creatively I right. hope I would hope mm-hmm. I would hope that's that's just a that's just in me that's why I do this uh, I'm putting more of my attention into becoming a better business person great great now it's blatant promo time mm-hmm. um, how can we contact you or dead girl productions um uh, well, as it stands right now, I think the best way to contact me is through uh, through social media. Uh, find me on Twitter. It's uh, you know, twitter.com backslash uh, Jamie underscore French. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, try it out. But if you just Google me, you'll find me. You'll find me on Twitter. Just Google my name, Jamie French. And yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Well, uh, uh, I appreciate the time that you spent with us. Um, <laughs> it's my know, show, motherfucker. I, I know, but, <laughs> but you never thought of it this way before, have you? <laughs> no, this is good. This is what the first show is all about. Yes, this is, this is a chance to, to, for people to, to, to get to know you as a person just, mm-hmm. as, just as much as a voice. Yeah. Anyway, it was, a, it was an honor interviewing you, and thank you for letting me ask you these dumb questions. See, even though I'm recording this, there are a lot of people that may not look at the video Orion's holding his hand out to me. Shake my hand. Yes. That's bad radio. That's too bad. <laughs> it's good video for bad radio, so fuck off. Okay. Okay, so, um, yeah, I've said a bit about myself. Uh, I think since you are second in command or, you know, equal command. I don't even like that term. I don't like second in command. This is our show. Uh, I joke. I say I'm captain of the ship or whatever, but fuck me. Let's hear about who Orion Quest is. Well... I was born a poor white child. You were not. No. I, have, I have proof to the contrary. <laughs> no. Jerk. No. Um, we, we'll we get around to, to your opportunity to ask questions and get to know me better. We're going to be doing more podcasts, and as we do, you'll get to learn more about me. Look at you creating this air of mystery, you motherfucker. <laughs> because I'm an international man. Not just that, but I'm an international black you man of mystery. You have barely been out of Texas, dude. Who you okay. No, actually, no, he had he's he's he has a passport. He's used it. And uh he's been places. I'm I'm trying to help you build your mystery. You're, I'm trying you're, to you're uh, not it's, helping it's not, it's not helping. at all. Okay, sorry. Let me think about it, no. But I do appreciate it, punk. At this time, welcome uh Kira Crash to our to our, our, our podcast. Howdy. 
Um, as of oh, course, so uh, refreshing to hear a voice that isn't us. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now, of course, as always, although I just did it, fuck off, <laughs> please. Yes, sir. State your names for the fans at home. Well, it's me, Kira Crash, also known as Sativa sometimes, but predominantly Kira Crash. Where are you from? I am Philadelphia. Oh. Well, uh, originally I'm from a, a small suburb outside of Philadelphia, but I've been living in Philadelphia since I was like 18. Were you born and raised? West Philadelphia, born and raised. No. On the play- okay. um, what do you do, Miss Crash? Uh, I'm also in the adult entertainment industry. How old are you now? 22. Nice, nice. Just a baby. Yes. Um, I know. Back then, where did all the parsnips go? I, I can barely remember 22. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can barely remember. How old are you now, kid? I'm 24. I can barely, re- <laughs> I was, I can barely remember Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to uh, kind of explore how we even know Kira. Actually, that's it. I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, Kira is a peer of mine. We both work in the same industry, and she's a starlet. She's she's a year in to this business, and she's uh, making quite the name for herself. Very, very popular girl that is just like skyrocketing. Uh, as part of the new vanguard of, you know, what 2016 to 2000, however, is, is going to offer. She's she's going to be a big, big name and uh, has actually already kind of a big name right out the gate. Um, for those that would like to see what she looks like, again, just, just look up Kira Crash, Google Kira Crash. You'll find pictures right away and see what we're talking about, and you'll see what all the hubbub is about. Um but I think, I think it'd be best if you told the story, Kira, of uh, how we came to meet and and the history there. And uh, yeah, tell us a bit about that. It's actually a pretty funny story how I uh, came to meet Jamie. You know, I was uh, just kind of on that. Well, I did shoot content a little while back, and then I kind of just never really went through doing any more content. This is the thing you did a year ago that you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't even really count it as, you know, some of my work. Like, it was uh, pre-hormones and all that stuff. And oh. I, I actually like to think of... Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, I actually like to think of, you know, this year is really my starting year. Huh. But um, I, you know, I actually met Jamie through a website called FetLife. I... Yeah. <laughs> I saw Jamie's profile and I was like, oh God, like I've been a really, really big fan of Jamie's since I was in like high school and stuff. So I uh, messaged, she had like written on her profile that she's, you know, interested in shooting people and that, you know, she's a scene producer and whatnot. So I immediately messaged her and I was like, oh, you know, I'm such a big fan. Like, you know, I would love to work with you sometime. And it was funny. I don't even think she believed me at first. I thought maybe she thought I was a catfish profile because she kept asking me like, Oh, well, what other kind of accounts do you have? <laughs> like, is, do you have any other social media accounts? Wonderful for my ego. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm getting hard. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, we just 
sort of clicked, you know, we were talking on and off. And at the time, you know, she was like, I'm not currently really shooting anything right now, but I will definitely let you know when I start shooting again. And not even like a month later, she gets right back to me and is like, hey, you know, how'd you like to come down to Texas and shoot a couple scenes for a couple different sites? And I immediately jumped right on it. I was like, I'd love to, you know, just name a date. Yeah, that's that's how we met. And I kid about the <laughs> I kid about the ego thing. I was very very flattered because uh, f- from where I sit, I'm just a fucking I'm I don't see what other people see. I'm just a douchebag that's trying to pay rent. You know, <laughs> I have no idea what I look like in other people's eyes. I'm just living day to day life. Um, so I thought it was amazing that you hit me up with such wonderful comments. And uh, yeah, it's, it was it has become a very very successful uh, uh, partnership. Um, uh, she does great work, is a natural on camera, uh, was a complete pleasure shooting her. Um, super laid back, super cool. Can't say enough good things about her. One of the favorite girls I've ever, uh, had an opportunity to work with just because she's a good person. And, uh, and when I'm shooting girls, that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm not looking for the, the prettiest or the person with the biggest name. I'm looking for the people that are best at being good humans (laughs) because that's where all the really good work comes from you know uh personality shines through on camera um more than any makeup job or any amount of ego or stature uh or even like natural good looks the thing that shines through most is amazing personality and kira has that in spades so it's been wonderful having the opportunity to work for you uh, Thank so. you. It's been a pleasure working <laughs> with you, too. So, uh, saying that, I think I'm going to pass it back to Ryan. He has some more questions for you. Yeah, so um, I want to uh, backtrack a little bit. Do you have a favorite director? I have sev- a couple favorite directors. You know, I, I love all sorts of uh, genres. Like, I'm really into body horror films. Like, I love David Cronenberg's work. And I also, am a, you know, I love dramas and uh, some forms of comedy and um, probably my favorite director would be Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm. What was some of his work? Uh, actually, my favorite film of all time is, you know, uh, his second film, Boogie Nights, uh-huh. but he's also directed like There Will Be Blood and Punch Drunk Love and Inherent Vice, uh, The Hard Eight, also called Sydney. You know, he's got a very wide body of work he's got nine films but they're all very diverse also yes. the master that's another one yes, of my favorite yes. films by him you told me one of your favorite films was horror i can't i cannot wait till the later part of the podcast because i'm about to ask you your top three horror films uh, of, of in your opinion of all time oh man so i I'm, can't wait to get around oh man i can't wait to get around yeah i do want to go ahead and cover um some facts about your transition if you don't mind which is which is the same questions that i've asked before um and i was corrected as to with the word decide but I'm, I'm still once again i can't wrap my i can't choose a better word so with that being said when did you decide to to go ahead and transition from the person we used to know to who you are now well, uh, I knew around 11 years old was when I first started, like, puberty, uh, you know, going to sexual education classes. I knew s- something wasn't right. You know, I just I just knew that 
I needed, you know, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin, but I really didn't take an initiative till I was around 17, 18 years old. And, you know, I became full-time around then. Um, following up to that, when did you decide to go into the adult industry? Uh, well, I have a couple of friends from Philadelphia that have been in the adult and entertainment industry. And, you know, they always told me that I've got the chops for it and that I should really start trying to make an initiative to really get into it. Because I'm, you know, I do all, I do other kinds of sex work as well. And, you know, as Jamie put it, you know, it's like the next step kind of, you know, it's able to make a little more money that way. So I guess... Really, I decided after I messaged Jamie, which was, uh, I believe, in January or February, something like that. So, yeah, it's been pretty recent. Hmm. Do you do you enjoy the business? Do you enjoy your work? Yes, I enjoy it very much. I have a lot of fun. Uh, I've met uh, very, very good friends through the business, you know, and it's just been a lot of fun so far. And um, how many films have you done? Uh, I believe I've done one upcoming DVD so far, and I believe I've done seven hardcore shoots for websites and uh, maybe like five or six solo shoots. Hmm. Uh, now it's time for the resume question. Um, what do you see yourself doing in five years? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I'm still pretty young in the game. I imagine I'll probably be doing the same thing I'm doing now. I live a very comfortable lifestyle. I, you know, I am accustomed to the lifestyle that I live right now. So, all right. And um, here's a. Ch oh, is, it, is there anything you wanted to add? I was gonna say, when you were 22, if someone were to ask you where do you see yourself in five years, what would your answer have been? Um, on trial for the murder of Neil Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but then I digress. <laughs> but I digress. Um, here's a I, I I no matter who I talk to, no matter what guest I have, I always give them an opportunity to shamelessly plug or promo. So <clears throat> is there any way you can? I got to stop you right there. <laughs> Is I got. I have to stop you right there. Son of this is our first show. Son of bitch. <laughs> Every From time on, I you interview, will... <laughs> yes. this is your first yes. interview. Hold motherfucker. on just a moment. Hold on just a moment. <laughs> every time. You've been first so far. That's been technically every time, has it not? Okay. okay. Shut the hell up. I don't. I don't count. Oh, you don't oh, count. I, no. You don't count. Of course you count. Okay, so so every time he interviews someone, yes. go ahead. So far, so far, when I have interviewed people, including Jamie, one, <laughs> I give them an opportunity so we so fans and people can have a way of contacting you. Do you have any websites, uh, semaphore, anything like that you want to? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you want to share with people. Uh, you know, basically just my one social media account. You know, tw I'm on Twitter at Savvy Sativa. Savvy Sativa, okay. Is that spelled with two V's or a K? That is spelled with two V's. Does it have a question mark in it or a dash? Nope, it's S-A-V-V-Y-S-A-T-I-V-A. Savvy Sativa. Nice, Savvy Sativa. 
You know, that, that sounds like a bad Bond name. I must yeah. just over here to Ivana Huppelot. Uh, that's Savvy Sativa. Pussy Galore, Savvy Pussy Sativa. <laughs> you two ladies must have met. Well, it, it's been a privilege to interview. I appreciate you coming out. Privilege to be here. I'll be hollering at you later when we get on to some more discussion, okay? Great. Thanks a lot.